Chapter Two, Part Two of Life of Chopin by Franz Liszt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life of Chopin by Franz Liszt, translated by Martha Walker Cook. Chapter Two, Part Two. When we visited the country of Chopin, whose memory always accompanied us like a faithful guide, who constantly keeps our interest excited, we were fortunate enough to meet with some of the peculiar characters, daily growing more rare, because European civilization, even where it does not modify the basis of character, effaces asperities and moulds exterior forms. We there encountered some of those men gifted with superior intellect cultivated and strongly developed by a life of incessant action it whose horizon does not extend beyond the limits of their own country their own society their own traditions during our intercourse facilitated by an interpreter with these men of past days we were able to study them and to understand the secret of their greatness it was really curious to observe the inimitable originality caused by the utter exclusiveness of the view taken by them this limited cultivation while it greatly diminishes the value of their ideas upon many subjects at the same time gifts the mind with a peculiar force almost resembling the keen scent and the acute perceptions of the savage for all the things near and dear to it only from mind of this peculiar training marked by a concentrative energy that nothing can distract from its course everything beyond the circle of its own nationality remaining alien to it can we hope to obtain an exact picture of the past for it alone like a faithful mirror reflects it in its primal colouring preserves its proper lights and shades and gives it with its varied and picturesque accompaniments from such minds alone can we obtain with the ritual of customs which are rapidly becoming extinct the spirit from which they are emanated Chopin was born too late and left the domestic hearth too early to be himself in the possession of the spirit but he had not known many examples of it and through the memories which surrounded his childhood even more fully than through the literature and history of his country he found by introduction the secrets of its ancient prestige which he evoked from the dim and dark land of forgetfulness and through the magic of his poetic art endowed with immortal youth poets are better comprehended and appreciated by those who have made themselves familiar with the countries which inspired their songs pindar is more fully understood by those who have seen the parthenon bathed in the radiance of its limpid atmosphere ossian by those familiar with the mountains of scotland with their heavy veils and long wreaths of mist the feelings which inspired the creation of chopin can only be fully appreciated by those who have visited his country they must have seen the giant shadows of the past centuries gradually increasing unveiling the ground as the gloomy night of despair rolled on they must have felt the electric mystic influence of that strange phantom of glory forever haunting martyred poland even in the gayest hours of festival it appalls and saddens all hearts 
whenever a tale of past renown a commemoration of slaughtered heroes is given an allusion to national prowess is made its resurrection from the grave is instantaneous it takes in its place in the banquet hall spreading an electric terror mingled with intense admiration a shudder wild and mystic as that which seizes upon the peasants of ukraine when the beautiful virgin white as death with her girdle of crimson is suddenly seen gliding through their tranquil village while her shadowy hand marks with blood the door of each cottage doomed to destruction during many centuries the civilization of poland was entirely peculiar and aboriginal it did not resemble that of any other country and indeed it seems destined to remain forever unique in its kind as different from the german feudalism which neighbored it upon the west as from the conquering spirit of the turks which disquieted it on the east it resembled europe in its chivalric christianity in its eagerness to attack the infidel even while receiving instruction in the sagacious policy in military tactics and sententious reasoning from the masters of byzantium by the assumption at same time of heroic qualities of mussulman fantasism and sublime virtues of christian sanctity and humility footnote it is well known with so many glorious names poland has enriched the martyrology of church in the memorial of countless martyrs it had offered the roman church granted to the order of trinitarians or redemptorist brothers whose duty it is to redeem from slavery the christians who had fallen into the hands of the infidels the distinction only granted to this nation of wearing a crimson belt these victims of benevolence were generally from the establishments near the frontiers such as those of kamenyak podolsky end of footnote it mingled with the most heterogeneous elements and thus planted in its very bosom the seeds of ruin and decay the general culture of latin letters the knowledge of and love for italian and french literature gave a lustre and classical polish to the startling contrast we are attempted to describe such a civilization must necessarily impress all its manifestations with its own seal as was natural for a nation always engaged in war forced to reserve its deeds of prowess and valor for its enemies upon the field of battle it was not famed for the romances of knight errantry for tournaments or jousts it replaced the excitement and splendor of the mimic war by characteristic fits in which the gorgeousness of personal display formed the principal feature there is certainly nothing new in the assertion that national character is in some degree revealed by national dances we believe however there are none in which creative impulses can be so readily deciphered or the ensemble traced with so much simplicity as in the polonaise in consequence of varied episodes which each individual was expected to insert in the general frame the national intuitions were revealed with the greatest diversity when these distinctive marks disappeared when original flame no longer burned when no one invented seeds for the intermediary pauses when to accomplish mechanically the obligatory circuit of a salon was all that was requisite nothing but skeleton of departed glory remained 
we would certainly have hesitated to speak of the polonaise after the exquisite verses which mikivesh has consecrated to it and the admirable description which he has given to it in the last canto of pantadus but that this description is to be found only in a work not yet translated and consequently only known to the compatriots of the poet footnote it has been translated into german translator end of footnote it would have been presumptuous even under another form to have ventured upon a subject already sketched and coloured by such a hand in this romantic epic in which the beauties of highest order are set in such a scene as ruisdale loved to paint where a ray of sunshine thrown through heavy storm clouds falls upon one of those strange trees never wanting in his pictures a birch shattered by lightning while its snowy bark is deeply stained as if dyed in the blood flowing from its fresh and gaping wounds the scenes of pantadus are laid to the beginning of the present century when many still lived who retained the profound feeling and grave deportment of ancient poles mingled with those who were even under the sway of graceful or giddying passions of modern origin these striking and contrasting types existing together at that period are now rapidly disappearing before that universal conventionalism which is at present seizing and moulding the higher classes in all cities and in all countries without doubt Chopin frequently drew fresh inspiration from this noble poem whose scenes so forcibly depict the emotions he best loved to reproduce the primitive music of the polonaise of which we have no example of greater age than a century possesses but little value for art those polonaises which do not bear the name of their authors but are frequently marked with the name of some hero thus indicating their date are generally grave and sweet the polonaise style tikoshisko is most universally known and is so closely linked with the memories of this epoch that we have known ladies who could not hear it without breaking into sobs the princess f l who had been loved by kosciusko in her last days when age had enfeebled all her faculties was only sensible to chords of this piece which her trembling hands could still find upon the keyboard though the dim and aged eye could no longer see the keys some contemporary polonaises are of a character so sad that they might almost suppose to accompany a funeral train the polonaises of count oginski footnote among the polonaises of count oginski the one in f major has especially retained its celebrity it was published with a vignette representing the author in the act of blowing his brains out with a pistol this was merely a romantic commentary which was for a long time mistaken for a fact end of footnote which next appeared soon attained great popularity through the introduction of an air of seductive languor into the melancholy strains full of gloom as they still are they soothe by their delicious tenderness by their naive and mournful grace the martial rhythm grows more feeble the march of the stately train no longer rustling in its pride of state is hushed by the reverential silence and the solemn thought 
as if its course wound on through the graves whose sad swells extinguish smiles and humiliate pride love alone survives as the mourners wander among the mounds of earth so freshly heaped that the grass has not yet grown upon them repeating the sad refrain which the brad of erin caught from the wild breezes on the sea love born of sorrow like sorrow is true in the well-known pages of oginski may be found the sighing of analogous thoughts the very breath of love is sad and only revealed through the melancholy lustre of eyes bathed in tears at a somewhat later stage the graves and grassy mounds were all past they are seen only in the distance of the shadowy background the living cannot always weep life and animation again appear mournful thoughts change into soothing memories written on the ear sweet as distant echoes the saddened train of the living no longer hush their breath as they glide on with noiseless precaution as if not to disturb the sleep of those who have just departed over whose graves the turf is not yet green the imagination no longer evokes only the gloomy shadows of the past in the polonaises of lepinski we hear the music of pleasure-loving heart once more beating joyously giddily happily as it had done before the days of disaster and defeat the melodies breathe more and more the perfume of happy youth love young love sighs around expanding into expressive songs of vague and dreamy character they speak but to youthful hearts cradling them in poetic fictions in soft illusions no longer destined to cadence the steps of the high and grave personages who cease to bear their part in these dances footnote bishops and primates formerly assisted in these dances at a later date the church dignitaries took no part in them End of footnote. they are addressed to romantic imaginations dreaming rather of rapture than of renown messider advanced upon this descending path his dances full of lively coquetry reflect only the magic charms of youth and beauty his numerous imitations have inundated us with pieces of music called polonaises out which have no characteristics to justify the name the pristine and vigorous brilliancy of polonaise was again suddenly given to it by a composer of true genius weber made of it a dithyrambic in which the glittering display of vanished magnificence again appeared in its ancient glory he united all the resources of his art to ennoble the formula which had been so misrepresented and debased to fill it with spirit of the past not seeking to recall the character of ancient music he transported into music the characteristics of ancient poland using the melody as a recital he accentuated the rhythm he coloured his composition through his modulations with profusion of use not only suitable to his subject but imperiously demanding by it life warmth and passion again circulated in his polonaises yet he did not deprive them of haughty charm the ceremonious and magisterial dignity the natural yet elaborate majesty which are essential parts of their character the cadences are marked by chords which fall upon the ear like the rattling of swords drawn from their scabbards the soft warm 
effeminate pleadings of love give the place to the murmuring of deep fall bass voices proceeding from manly breasts used to command we may almost hear in reply the wild and distant neighings of the steeds of the desert as they toss the long manes round their haughty heads impatiently pawing the ground with their lustrous eye breaming with intelligence and full of fire while they bear with stately grace the trailing capricians embroidered with turquoise and rubies with which the polish seigneurs love to adorn them footnote among the treasures of prince radzivill at nisdris were to be seen in the days of former splendour twelve sets of horse trappings each of different colour encrusted with precious stones the twelve apostles life-size in massive silver were also to be seen there this luxury will cease to astonish us when we consider that the family of rajzivil was descended from the last grand pontiff of lithuania to whom when he embraced christianity was given all the forests and plains which had before been consecrated to worship of the heathen deities and that toward the close of the last century the family still possessed eight hundred thousand serfs although its riches had then considerably diminished among the collection of treasures of which we speak was an exceedingly curious relic which is still in existence it is a picture of saint john the baptist surrounded by banroll bearing the inscription in the name of lord john thou shalt be conqueror it was found by john sobieski himself after the victory which he had won under the walls of vienna in the tent of vizier kara mustafa it was presented after his death by mary de arkin to a prince radzivill with an inscription in her own handwriting which indicates its origin and the presentation which she makes of it the autograph with the royal seal is on the reverse of the canvas End of footnote. how did weber divine the poland of other days had he indeed the power to call from the grave of the past the scenes which we have just contemplated that he was thus able to clothe them with life to renew their earlier associations vain questions genius is always endowed with its own sacred intuitions poetry ever reveals to her chosen the secrets of her wild domain all the poetry contained in polonaises had like a rich sap been so fully expressed from them by the genius of weber they had been handled with a mastery so absolute that it was indeed a dangerous and difficult thing to attempt them with the slightest hope of producing the same effect he has however been surpassed in the species of composition by Chopin, not only by the number and variety of works in this style but also in the more touching character of the handling and the new and varied processes of harmony both in construction and spirit Chopin's polonaise in a with the one in a flat major resembles very much the one of weber's in e major in others he relinquished this broad style shall we say always with more decided success in such a question decision were a thorny thing who shall restrict the rights of a poet over the various phases of a subject even in the midst of joy may he not be permitted to be gloomy and oppressed after being chanted the splendour of glory 
may he not sing of grief after having rejoiced with the victorious may he not mourn with the vanquished we may without any contradiction assert that it is not one of the least merits of Chopin that he has consecutively embraced all the phases of which the theme is susceptible that he has succeeded in eliciting from it all its brilliancy in awakening from it all its sadness the variety of the moods of feelings to which he has himself subject aided him in the reproduction and comprehension of such a multiplicity of views it should be impossible to allow the varied transformations occurring in these compositions with their pervading melancholy without admiring the fecundity of his creative forces even when not fully sustained by the higher powers of his inspiration he did not always confine himself to the consideration of the pictures presented to him by his imagination and memory taken a mass or as a united whole more than once while contemplating the brilliant groups and throngs flowing on before him as he yielded to a strange charm of some isolated figure arresting it in its course by the magic of its gaze and suffering the gay crowds to pass on he has given himself up with delight to the divination of its mystic revelations while he continued to weave his incantations and spell only on the entranced sibyl of his song his grand polonaise in f sharp minor must be ranked among his most energetic compositions he has inserted in it a mazurka had it not frightened the frivolous world of fashionable life by the gloomy grotesqueness with which he introduced it in an incantation so fantastic this mode might have become an ingenious caprice for the ballroom it is a most original production exciting us like a recital of some broken dream made after a night of restlessness by the first dull grey cold laden rays of a winter sunrise it is a dream poem in which impressions and objects succeed each other with startling incoherency by the wildest transitions reminding us of what byron says in his dream dreams in their development have breath and tears and torches and the touch of joy they leave a weight upon our waking thoughts and look like heralds of eternity the principal motive is a weird air dark as a lurid hour which precedes a hurricane in which we catch the fierce exclamations of exasperation mingled with bold defiance recklessly hurled at the stormy elements the prolonged return of a tonic at the commencement of each measure reminds us of repeated roar of artillery as if we caught the sounds of some dread battle waging in the distance after the termination of its note a series of most unusual chords are unrolled through measure after measure we know nothing analogous to the striking effect produced by this in the composition of the greatest masters this passage is suddenly interrupted by a scene champeter a mazurka in the style of an idol full of the perfume of lavender and sweet myoram but which far from effacing the memory of the profound sorrow which had before been awakened only augments by its ironical and bitter contrast our emotions of pain to such a degree that we feel almost solaced when the first phrase returns and free from disturbing contradiction of a naive simple and inglorious happiness 
we may again sympathize with the noble and imposing woe of a high yet fatal struggle this improvisation terminates like a dream without other conclusion than a convulsive shudder leaving the soul under the strangest the wildest the most subduing impressions the polonaise fantasy is to be classed among the works which belong to the latest period of Chopin's compositions which are all more or less marked by a feverish and restless anxiety no bold and brilliant pictures are to be found in it the loud tramp of cavalry accustomed to victory is no longer heard no more resound the heroic chants muffled by no visions of defeat the bold tone suited to the audacity of those who were always victorious a deep melancholy ever broken by startled moments by sudden alarms by disturbed rest by stifled sighs reigns throughout we are surrounded by such scenes and feelings as might arise from those who had been surprised and encompassed on all sides by an ambuscade the vast sweep of whose horizon reveals not a single ground for hope and whose despair giddied the brain like a draught of that wine of cyprus which gives a more instinctive rapidity to all our gestures a keener point to all our swords a more subtle flame to all our emotions and excites the mind to a pitch of irritability approaching the insanity such pictures possesses but little real value for the art like all descriptions of moments of extremity of agonies of death rattles of contractions of muscles where all elasticity is lost where the nerves ceasing to be organs of the human will reduce man to a passive victim of despair they only serve to torture the soul deplorable visions which the artist would admit with extreme circumspection within the graceful circle of his charmed realm end of chapter 2 part 2 read by lambda